Welcome back guys to Voice Out Nigeria podcast. It's nice having you guys back. If you're new, welcome and if you're returning, welcome back. It's been a while and we've been working on so much. We have a lot we want to get out there but we need the audience you know to be able to grow this information and spread it nationwide so today we have a very sensitive topic something that i believe everyone needs to be informed about we have good information that we are ready to share and um, a little disclaimer we are not legally empowered to give this advice so take it with like a grain of salt do your research we did our research and this is what we were able to come up with so you can also see if you have uh, anyone in the force or a lawyer you could ask them for clarification or a better understanding so yeah listen and enjoy As nine having been back, welcome back to Voice Out Ninja once more. And here with me on the studio is Olalekon, and yeah, I'm the host David Ibube. And today we're going to talk about police checkpoints in Nigeria. Like you know now, all these police checkpoints you see everywhere. That's what I put to the table. So um Olalekon, please just give a shout out to all our listeners out there a brief shout out to the listeners i am Alalikon. this is the first time you're hearing my voice on actual voice of the podcast the last time i was on the show was with pine fm we had uh, an episode where we uploaded our interview of pine fm which was mostly about business well, yeah, I am on this series of all police checkpoints and experiences, daily experiences in a local Nigerian community, a normal region. Just going to be sharing my experiences and ideas and thoughts about these things that happen every day as to most Nigerians, or should I say average It's nice actually communicating with you, the listeners, and yeah. glad i'm doing this yeah we're glad you're doing this too because it's been long we wanted to get you on this show we've tried a lot <laughs> but finally yeah 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 we tell us live and direct oh it's always in the background yeah yeah it has been our tech support he has been doing things in the background that you guys don't see but now you get to hear his deep voice <laughs> oh. thank you for the collector all right all right okay so um i know everyone here if you're listening to this you must have encountered this police checkpoint where you had issues wanting to maybe check your phone slash you or you know demanding for let's say you're driving demanding for some weird documents you know all those situations are happening you just you just want to find a way out so I have my own experience, but right now, Lico wants to share his experience with us, then I might share a little bit of mine, then we'll discuss a way on how we can, you know, 
table this kind of situations when we see it, how we know which is which checkpoint is real, which is fake. Um, the right questions to ask, you know, the way to react and all. So, okay, first, um, Lincoln, please give us um, one or two experiences you've had with police checkpoints. Okay, thank you, everybody. Um, I had a lot of experiences, mostly recently. And, yeah, and just that we just moved past the festive period. So uh, it's a common thing to say that the festive period and police checkpoints are usually like a thing. It's, yeah. It's it's a belief that everyone it's something it's an idea or a notion everyone agrees with is that during the festive period police checkpoints are usually long functions. Not for the yeah. sake of security, but mostly not to end the year. Because yeah, that's it's, obviously the end of the year and yeah, <laughs> I'll say you said that. So so um even before I started driving or using the road with a car um a couple of these experiences but they i didn't i did not really comprehend how bad most of them were until i actually started driving and it happened to me then i think i started like paying more attention to what happens on the road and how all these things actually affect people and what is actually going so i can say one of the first times i went far on the road I got stopped a typical checkpoint and I think I was in the wrong but then uh, it went the Nigerian way. But then there was another time afterwards when I got stopped again and like I did not do anything wrong then. Wait, what sorry so, to cut you what is the Nigerian way? You're you're not giving us the juice in the in this no low key information. Give us the juice. What's the Nigerian way, please be specific? Uh I would say the Nigerian way is there is this section behind your behind the usual police station where the old offenders and then you sort things out of the books like off records. Off records. Yes. So they take you if any other person has actually gone through this experience, you should understand when I mean like off records where they take you to the bark and knots and the Threatens to impound your vehicle and make outrageous requests. And like, have you ever? I don't. Sorry, I've seen now. Well, then, have you ever been in a checkpoint situation where the guy wants to really enforce the law? Like, he wants to do the things the right way. Like, if you are wrong, he actually wants to take you to the station and no, doesn't want any. No, Nigerian way, like you said, or bribe or anything. You just want you must. It's strict. I've never been that kind of situation before. Uh, yes, that's. I was actually going to get to that. Okay. So okay. It's, sorry. I can say I've actually seen every single side of a police checkpoint within just this last couple of months I've been on the road. So I can say my first. Two, three experiences where ju- just give awful insights on the whole thing. But I can say my last two experiences have actually been better because I know more about my rights and stuff. Coming back to being in a checkpoint and the person insists on doing everything the right way, the closest I've been to that situation 
was the last time I was on the road. And I can say the only reason why it's going that way is because of sentimental reasons. But before 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 I go into that, let me just talk about the experience before. I was driving to get drugs for my mom, I think, recently, December or during the festive period. I just got back from work, so I was a little bit clumsy. And I got stopped again, very close to my house. And you asked for my papers, I showed you my papers, and I showed you a cover note for my license. And you start to question me that I can't drive with a cover note. And I wasn't the mood to argue because I just got off work and I was running off very little sleep. So I got into an argument and since I couldn't do most of the argument and I didn't want to like escalate it so I could get the drugs quickly and go back home. I called someone I trusted with the law, the person processing the license for me. And he insisted I let them arrest me so we can actually argue in court and we would actually talk everything out. Then I was like, okay, that's fine. And then I stopped talking to the police officer. And he, after a while, I, left, I, left, I waited there, waited for him to say he wants to inform me. That's what they usually do is they get into the vehicle and ask you to drive to the station. So when he stopped talking to me because I've actually argued and everything, and at the point he started threatening me with, I'm claiming I knew the law and he was going to deal with me. But because I trusted the person that was processing my papers, I was so confident that I did not argue or say anything anymore. Then I was just waiting there. Then after a while, he just came back and gave me my papers and said I could go. Just like that. Then, yeah, exactly. Then, the funny Nigerian was, he asked me that, why would I, would I just go like that? I needed to give them something <laughs> like but I was already pissed off actually. And I just like left that. I don't think I'm ready to do this. Then on coming back, because it's the same route I'm going to take to my house. I'm yeah. going to take back home. And I noticed the checkpoint had been cleared because my instructor actually threatened to come to that point immediately to come and verify if they are sure he doesn't know the law because it was a serious argument. Like, threats were flying around and i i actually believe that day that they moved the checkpoint like they closed that checkpoint that day because they were scared if someone else comes and knows the law it would have escalated so So, um, first of all i have a question we said cover notes but what do you mean by cover notes for those i don't know as we all know you need a licensed driver beside you to drive anywhere that's how Lena permits yeah. work. So a cover note is like a document issued when your driver's license is in process. A cover note it, um, has a stipulated date on it that covers you to drive, covers your driving anywhere is insured. Your driving is insured anywhere that your license is in process and it's no longer okay. in your hands to have a license. It's now in the government's hands. To process your license and give it and for a world work on the permanent one. I feel I could be wrong about this is but I believe that was what my instructor told me that with the cover I can go anywhere. So 
uh, you said something about you know, saying you need to get arrested. Like you should let them. You. Yes, because he was very certain. Like he knew the law. He was pissed off. They were trying to do the usual thing they do. That's look for excuses to just extort people, most people. And he got really pissed off and said, since they are insisting on impounding my vehicle and taking me to the station, impounded vehicle, and probably we meet in law court the following week. So he said, I should let them do that. And then he was coming there to like, probably we sort the thing out in mobile court. I feel your, that your short term is, maybe it's not working with no Nigerian mentality because... You know those police, they can see, even though they are wrong, so maybe those guys, they just, they're new in the business. Okay? Even though they are wrong, they can see mess with you, like, frustrate you. And yeah, you no, see, can't see. That, that, that actually brings us to where, how you handle a checkpoint. That, that brings us to the point where we talk about how you handle a checkpoint. Okay. At the checkpoint, oh. you shouldn't give the officer any opportunity to actually do anything that could implicate you since so you have to be very careful i think right. when i started experiencing the stop and search and all and the checkpoint stuff the very first thing i, I could say i learned was how to be careful at a checkpoint fine they ask you to stop you it's it's typical what they want is find something indicating yeah. Like you don't have a license, your registration is not complete, or you have had drugs in your vehicle, or if they go through your phone and suspect and say you're suspected, your old boy, like the usual claims, yeah. you they go through your phone and all they just look for is something indicating. That's why when you, when they ask you to when they ask to check your vehicle. You make sure you are present in every single place. And if need be, you record the, the activity. So you can have proof that whatever was there was implanted. Okay. That's if you're not carrying anything. Okay. Me personally, eh? I've I've had yeah. um like all this police checkpoint situation where you know what they want. They are after money you just you can see it in their eyes when they stop you like okay when i was in the public trial with my friends we're going i think you were you were part of I, I you were there now okay yeah you went there it was me and we're going somewhere and they stopped the bike we bought we bought it that's the keke nigerian word keke keke is called tricycle for those listening out there it's <laughs> tricycle with engine so they stopped the vehicle and asked us to calm down. I decided to session us like, you know, not that kind of normal, uh, bring out everything in your pocket or like put, strip the hand inside of, like put, force the hand inside your pocket and pull out everything that is in your pocket. You get that kind of situation. No, I've been in that, at that point, okay, you know, okay, these guys probably are looking for anything implicating, they'll just catch you and, you know, put you in the van and move over you. I've been in that situation. I know, okay, then it was new to me. I never have, um, like, words to say. I could, not, I could not challenge them, like, ah, why are you just searching me or why are you looking for, you can actually, you can actually just, like, put 
maybe a lion in his hand and you know put his hand in my pocket and bring out the lion and be like, what's this? You get you know, kind of, that kind of shit. It never occurred to me. So that, then I, I don't believe that it was just the grace of God <laughs> that was saving us then back then. Then on that situation, I was, you know, back then in school, you know, police, when they see students, they just feel like, yeah, you can oppress this one and call them money. You get, that's what, that's, that's a notion for them. And it's probably, that's how, that's how it was in their mindset. And it actually played out that same way. Because I've been avoiding police checkpoints like a plague. <laughs> I'm a criminal. And I know that I'm innocent. Just based on the various stories I've heard of them. So avoiding it like a plague. But this on this fateful day, they have to bring the checkpoint to my street, like front of <laughs> front of there's no way a police checkpoint would be at the front of a street that is not even towed and it's closed, like it leads nowhere. The road is blocked. You have like you have to come down from your vehicle and check and pass in order for you to get access out of the street. So they brought it to like the streets <laughs> in front of the street. So my bike, I, I bought a bike, just like turned to like enter the street and I saw the police come down, come down, come down from the bike, stop the bike man, took my bag, one was trying to bring down my lap, like everything was just happening. I, at the point, I was already pissed off, get, and I was about to react. Then God, just, maybe if, if I had reacted, those guys were not looking normal. <laughs> if I had reacted, probably they would have carried me and go like to their police station or something, or probably beat me there or something. But then one of them received a phone call and they were like, uh, they're robbing close by, that they need to go, they need to go. That's how they just left me and everything. That's that these guys can fuck you up. <laughs> so better, better behave yourself, you get. Actually, actually we need to be careful because they could it could have it could have been many things. Yeah. I uh, from my experience, I think the first reason why you get stopped is because you show like you're showing one particular sign of suspicion for example you're a young boy looking good or dressed good you're a young boy driving driving a popular exotic car or you're alone in the vehicle as well so those are those are like indicators for them so like like those are things that trigger them to actually stop you and if it's about bike and stuff, what thereafter is your phone and your gadgets. I remember when it was quite rampant. That was before the NSAS period. They were stopping everyone, vehicles, no vehicles, roadside, walking, even raiding people that are walking casually on the streets. And it's quite dangerous because they could actually be there to rob you. I think we've actually gotten someone shared such experience before to make claims that the police were actually like, they felt like robbers instead of feeling like policemen. So I was like, we've actually gotten some someone share such experience before where the police actually felt like robber, armed robbers instead of feeling like the police. I think yeah, I can read that experience yeah. out maybe Screen self was like, I'm not asking the local 
yesterday, the seventh of December, I was returning from Muslim State in my local car. So Joe some plain clothes men blocked my way and ordered me to park. I lowered my side glass to know why I should park. Unfortunately, I had forgotten to lock the door. Before I knew it, they were all in my car. They said I changed lane while driving and that was an offense. Couldn't remember changing lane, even if it has become an offense to change lane in free flowing traffic. They asked me not to worry that they will simply caution me if I have not been cautioned before. They asked the one in front seat to go with me to confirm if or not I have been cautioned before. And the others came down from my car. The man started speaking so sweetly to me I couldn't suspect him. He told me once to check their records and it shows I have never been cautioned. They will book my statement as caution and let me go. I think we lost you. Hello, hey, um, being cautious, it's like quite long. Cautious. should I continue? Yeah, should, okay, I, continue? should I read can, everything? You, you, it's quite long. You can just summarize it, you know, like, you know. Okay, okay, okay. I'll be first with it. So, caution, right? Yeah. They asked me not to worry that they will simply caution me if I have not been cautioned before. They asked the one in front to go with me to confirm if or not I have been cautioned before and others came down from my car. The man started speaking so sweetly to me that I couldn't suspect him anymore. They told me when they checked their records and it shows I have never been cautioned. They will book my plate number as caution and let me go. He took me into a care at the local government premises and we drove behind it into a club to look like an abandoned mechanic workshop with a pit facility for wheel alignment and balancing. Can you see the place where I said they actually have another section behind? Yeah. For this kind of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have like, it's like a conspiracy. They already know the process. You know, those people back there already know what's going to happen. Yet, everybody's informed. So, so yeah, he continue. continued and said, yeah, he continued and said, immediately about four men rushed out surrounded my car. They asked the man who brought me if I gave him tough time on the way and he said no. They took my key from me and the man that brought me left the scene. They told me they would give me a ticket of 150,000 naira to go to Adolf without to pay before retrieving my car. But because I cooperated that one of them should take me to the POS where I should transfer 50,000 naira and take back my car. I simply took my bag from the car and started leaving, and they blocked my way and asked me where I was going. I told them I was in because I don't have 50,000 there in my account. They made a quick call to our brother in the police commission, but he didn't pick. They allowed me to bring my wallet for search. I told them there is nothing to search, that I have only 10,000 there in my wallet. They asked me to bring the 10,000 there at this time. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. We lost you at 10,000 there. Okay. At this time, I had started to feel unsafe. I brought out my wallet and incidentally, I had 12,000 there. I gave them 10,000 there, but they insisted I must give them the old 12,000 there. So I gave them the 12,000 there just to see if I could do the same. So they asked one of them to take me out through a small gate, man by me. As we approaching the gate, the police commissioner called me. Told them it was the police commissioner and I cannot ignore his call. I deliberately put it on speaker so they could hear. Commissioner asked me what they and I narrated to him. He asked me to keep hope to ask the DPU to storm there with his men. On hearing that, both the one in my car and the two at the gate fled. 
I waited at the gate for about five minutes, thinking of what next to do. I decided afterward to forget about them. So, yes, I said it cost him 12,000 naira and a lot of lessons, which is sometimes it's not actually the police people that are actually doing the job. And sometimes it could be them or it could be illegal operations. And sometimes it could be the actual police, but it, it's a joint stop where everybody's in and everybody's in on it. So it could be a lot of things. We just have to learn to handle it properly and confirm the genuity before anything. So, okay, you said handle it, pro- handle it properly. So how do we know genuine checkpoints? Okay, but f- before then, why are they forming checkpoints? What was the purpose of the checkpoint? Is it that um, they just I, randomly come, come out and start checking or what? Uh, we are not experts. Yeah. And we don't have inside knowledge. But what we have is from research. We learned that checkpoints are set up as requested by the community or as agreed on by the community. But that's a standard checkpoint, and it's like a necessary security feature in such community where it's being requested from, just in case there violence or like violence or mishaps keep happening around the place or robberies, and in if the place feels insecure, a checkpoint can be requested around there, and just to keep things a little bit cool. We are not expert, like you said, but we have rough idea based on what of the research we've done you know we had to call an ex force officer to ask about you know so that brings me to my next question like okay you know okay why are they forming police checkpoints not all but majority demand from the community based on there was an incident that happened or there's been a series of incidents happening in that area they want to like like you know reacquire you get so the community writes to the police and request for a checkpoint. So how do you know a checkpoint is genuine? What are, what, what are the components of a checkpoint? When you see them, how do you know, okay, are these people, are they out for money? Are they out for blood? Are they out for the law? We know that it's rare because it's like seeing a unicorn that you see a police officer that just want to do Sorry, in Nigeria, let me be specific. I just want to do the right thing. Out there, in Nigeria, they're out there, but I can't see that. But then, Israel, we know that either they're for the money or they're there for the money, you get. So it's just that. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. So, But then, how do you know that? Oh, my ever green. I resonate with you. Alright, guys, we have to call it a day. Let's end it right here. And this is the very first part of the episode. And if you actually enjoyed it, you could share it with your friends, your family, subscribe to the podcast episode wherever you're listening from. And the more listeners we get, let's see if we could get as high as. A thousand on this episode we will be dropping the part two and you would not want to miss the part two because it gives you 
more more details on how to react when you find yourself in a checkpoint situation in Nigeria so I urge you to share this with your family and friends and yeah thank you for listening to the end you're the reason why we make these episodes and hopefully we get to make more of this and get it out there so thank you guys and um, do stay safe